1: being a chef
2: means keeping your cool in the kitchen and with resi priority notify and global dining access through my amex platinum card
1: right this way
2: it's nice to try someone else's food for a change that's the powerful backing of american express terms apply learn more at americanexpresscom slash with amex
1: the volume
0: this is straight fire with jason mcintyre
3: What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire. For Wednesday, February 27th, you're going to love today's podcast. If, if, if you like college hoops, March Madness, uh, gambling, if you follow me on the gram, you know I've been posting picks for college basketball and it's been a good season. Our guest today, sounds like he's had a better season than me. Thomas Casale, he does stuff for CBS Sportsline. Uh, we had him on last year before the tournament. he's good. Uh, and it was a good night last night in college basketball. Listen, the sport, I know it doesn't have the juice that women's college hoops has right now and yes, that's a that's a factual statement. Caitlin Clark's a bigger deal than anyone in men's college basketball right now. I mean that's just that's a fact folks. And you could say women's college hoops is having its moment. There's nothing wrong with men's college hoops, but between the transfers, the NBA. Nobody's sticking around. they were just a decent game. Like, Kentucky had a good game last night. Um, thrilling. Kansas melted down late, and BYU pulled a pretty big upset. And Kansas does not lo- lose at home. By the way, I had Kansas first half, Cincinnati first half parlayed, which hit. Then I also got greedy and got Kansas full game, and that did not hit. Um, Kansas, they got some problems. They got some offensive issues. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about March Madness brackets. Listen, if you like... Gambling, if you like the tournament, which you know I do, then this podcast is for you. If you're just one of these guys who's like, oh, screw the tournament, screw brackets, I don't like money. Okay, I get that too. Also, in the NBA, so a couple, just a couple interesting nuggets before we get to Thomas. Um, my Mavs lost a heartbreaker, heartbreaker to the Cavs who hit a half-court shot, 59-footer at the buzzer to take down Luka and Dallas. Really, really nice, uh, nice dub for them. The Cavs, that is. Uh, I was crestfallen for the Mavs. You know I'm secretly pulling for the Mavs. I don't even have money on them uh, to win the title. I what? I, you know what? I, sh- I might have to recant that. I'll have to check the account. Because, you know, you fire sometimes. Teams go on losing streaks. I think what, what happened last night in the league, besides Chris Paul returning, that was interesting. Anthony Edwards, we'll see what's up with the injury. I, I'm sure, hopefully, he'll be fine. I, I would just monitor this. Just file it away. Atlanta Hawks. No Trey Young, they look awesome, and they smoke the Utah Jazz. It was Bogdanovich, it was Murray, Capella, Johnson. Remember Jalen Johnson, the kid out of Duke, he had a really nice game. DeAndre Hunter coming off the bench. There wasn't one guy; it was five different dudes had double figure shots. They had 27 assists, which is good. Dejounte Murray sliding into the point guard role, pretty pretty well. I know he had five turnovers, but nevertheless. I I only float this because just keep an eye on the Atlanta Hawks. This Trey Young thing is nothing to scoff at. He's out four weeks, and if this team happens to surge, I'm of the belief that Quinn Snyder will go to management and say, I know you guys love Trey. He's the face of the franchise. You want to win? You want to make a playoff run? We got to ship him. We'll see what happens. By the way, notice how since it beads out, no more chatter about Tyrese Maxey and the Sixers. They, I mean, they can't do anything right. Maxey's good, but the buddy healed. Trade has netted nothing. Kelly Oubre looks, you know, ordinary and pedestrian. Celtics smack him around. I I don't, well, listen, obviously Joel Embiid, reigning MVP, very, very good player. But the Sixers are quietly hurtling toward the play-in. They were in the mix for like the two-seed. They're currently right there with Miami in the 5-6 range and Orlando's just hovering at seven uh, right there as well. And Indiana's hovering at eight. Like, I don't want. I don't think the Sixers could totally cr- crater and miss the playoffs. They're seven games up on the Hawks and ten. But falling into the play-in with no Joel and B definitely makes things a little more interesting and, and probably nauseating for Sixers fans. This was supposed to be their year, anyways. Um, without further ado, let's get to today's guest: college hoops gambling machine, Thomas
0: Casale. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports.
3: I know what sports fans want.
0: But for everything he doesn't,
1: he knows a guy who does.
0: Let's just say, I know a
1: guy who knows a guy who knows another guy.
0: All right, let's welcome to Straight
3: Fire, one of the foremost college basketball guys out there gambling. He's on fire this year. Listen, it's been a good season for me. Uh, You guys don't follow it on IG. Apparently, Thomas is having an all-time season. Uh, Let's welcome in Thomas Casale. He does college football and college basketball analysis for CBS Sportsline. Does a lot of gambling online. Thomas, how's it going, man? It's going well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I remember we talked to you, I think, last year. I don't know if it was championship week or right before the tournament. But – we had John cause I know you're a college hoops diehard and there aren't many of us left, man. It's, it's weird. You love college hoops and you love gambling on it. Um, how would you characterize this season so far as we uh, approach March?
4: Well, you know, I think it's a, I think college hoops has changed a little bit because of the transfer portal. I think it's yeah. different than football where football, I don't think like a Marshall Is going to all of a sudden start competing for, you know, for championships. But there's so many college basketball players that go to, like, Kentucky and Kansas and and don't get playing time. And then they transfer over to places where they're going to get playing time, some of these mid-majors. So I think it makes it interesting. Listen, there's a couple of teams, three or four teams, I think, that are above the rest. But I think the tournament's going to be crazy again. It was crazy last year. We just had it, it was, was a weird tournament. We had a crazy tournament and a dominant team. So
3: <laughs> uh, UConn was just dominant all the yeah. way through. But outside of UConn, it was wild. It was pretty wild. I I remember I did a um a Calcutta last year with some guys. So two years ago we had Kansas and it was a big win. It was awesome. Last year one of our big plays was Arizona. And they freaking lost, a choked away a lead late against, I think it was Princeton in the first Princeton, round. Yeah, and they got bounced. And I, 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 we were, I was so ticked. Um, I don't know. Do you have Arizona in what in that upper echelon? Obviously Houston and Purdue, everybody has, and UConn. But is is Arizona? Would you put them in that group up there?
4: I wouldn't. Uh, no. I just I, I think they the the three teams you mentioned. And I, listen, I I know about the struggles and the but Tennessee to me is the fourth. If you're just looking at teams. what. Yeah, the Tennessee. I think those four teams: UConn, Houston, you know, Purdue, uh, Tennessee. You know, you throw North Carolina in there, maybe that can win multiple ways. Now, I understand Tennessee hasn't hasn't done it in the tournament, but that's a tough narrative to, to to lay your hat on. I always tell people there was a six year span from when Jay Wright made the final four and won a national championship. And that's six years. He missed the tournament once and the other five times he didn't get out of the round of 32. There were rumblings in Villanova about, hey, maybe that final four was lucky. We don't have the right guy here. But then he goes on a run. He wins a national championship and those narratives go away. So uh, those are the, But we have to see matchups. We have to see where they're, Mm -hmm. you know, where they're seated. But just on paper, those would be the toughest teams. I think
3: interesting. So Tennessee, obviously everybody knows Rick Barnes. I I don't want to call him a choke artist, but um, he's had some letdowns in March, Uh, but you know, you look at their early season stretch where they lost to Purdue, Kansas and UNC, they were tested and those, all the games were single digit games, but they, they lost all of them. I, I I don't know if I could ride with you on them. You you like the kid uh, Dalton, right? Uh, can, can I next... think
4: he could be the difference? That yeah. that's that's where I think this team could be different. And again, listen. I, I like teams that play a tough schedule early. I don't think those those outcomes matter that much. Listen, Purdue's played Purdue's beating everybody, right? They have uh, it, it, Purdue's beat. So if you go by just like early season, then, then Purdue should be everybody's national champion because they've proven to be the best team on paper. I just it's so much about matchups and the path. You know, it, you have to see who teams like. To, if if there's a Tennessee has a couple of teams they can bully early. Remember something, you know. San Diego State and FAU made the final four last year. Both <laughs> of those teams lo- could have lost in round 1. And I think those wait, those first uh, two games, those first two games are so important in a tournament setting because if you can get by them, then you go to the second weekend with a sweet 16 and it's all about matchups. So you just really have to wait until we see those matchups.
3: Yeah, interesting. I had forgotten about San Diego State. There was a I I have to look back, but the, you're Carlson. right. Um that's right, and I think I had Charleston in that game.
4: Yeah, and and, and they didn't cover late.
3: That's right. Yes, and then so, what what happened to the other one? Um F- F- a- well, They
4: should have lost to Memphis, but somebody gave Penny Hardaway a coaching job. So the
3: uh, uh, <laughs> that's right. Memphis had like the twenty eight year old player.
4: Yeah, and they had they had control um, of that oh, game that was- late, and they kind of blew it. But but then you get past those games, you know what I mean, and then. So I just think it's who who do you see there, like, who can get by these first couple matchups and then make it interesting in the Sweet 16.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save.
3: Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers who deposit $5 or more can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 back in a bonus bet. Remember, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code STRAIGHTFIRE. New customers can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 if your first bet loses. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code STRAIGHTFIRE. The crown is yours. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.com football for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources connecticut's interesting people very rarely repeat in college basketball but connecticut's got the goods right they got a coach everybody likes a danny hurley um they did just get smoked by Creighton, which was kind of an easy winner over the weekend, but mostly they're beating the daylights out of people. Uh, Thomas, I'll ask you in the last like two months, how many close games do you think they've had? Like decided by three points or less?
4: Uh, Not many. I would say (laughs) how many the last two months
3: last uh, this calendar year. Yeah. They won this calendar year. One point went over Villanova on the road. Otherwise like it's blowout city. I I don't know. I like them. I just, I don't know that, I I don't think they'll repeat. Do you?
4: Listen, they're good. And I don't care about getting blown out at Creighton. Uh, Conference games on the road don't matter to me. Yeah. I I don't know if you remember last year, I had the big bet on Creighton at 100 to 1. See, in my opinion, they almost made the final four. They lost to San Diego State at the end there. But that was the only team I thought could have given UConn trouble because they know them. They play them, they're not intimidated by them. They're, they're, they know they know the physicality that Yukon brings. But UConn was just so good. I, listen, we haven't seen a team do that in a long, long time mm. than they did last year. Th- that's not the same team. I mean, yeah. last year was a special run that they had. They just massacred everybody in their way. So I do think they have one of the most complete teams. Uh, a lot of times, it didn't happen really to them last year. But a lot of times, the tournament comes down to can you win that one close game where you don't shoot very well. Yeah. Um, these teams, a lot of these teams are going to have that in the tournament. You know, I think Kansas is a is an upset pick early on. I just don't think that I don't think they have enough weapons offensively to offset a bad shooting night. But I do think UConn's going to make another deep run. Uh, mm-hmm. They've just looked so good all season long.
3: Boy, just looking back at that Creighton San Diego State game from last year. Creighton, awesome three point shooting team. Two for seventeen from deep. Please don't I, I, bring
4: it up. It's yeah, the, that it's
3: still, that one hurt. It's the I I still have nightmares. That was that was brutal. Um, yeah. By the way, where are you on Creighton this year? I think they're good. Um, I don't know. If,
4: I don't like him as much as I did last year. You, you know, my problem with Creighton is is you mentioned the. The, everybody focused on the foul at the end of the San Diego State game. That maybe or maybe not was That's a foul. That's right. Yes. But, yes. Yes. But you can't go two for seventeen in the Elite Eight. You know what I mean? You're just and to me, Creighton's one of those teams. If they're not shooting the three well, BYU's another one, right? Listen, when BYU and, and Creighton are shooting well, good luck. I mean, they're really, really good. But when they're not shooting well, are they going to get by that game? Um, that's what concerns me about Creighton. But again, I think they're a team that's interesting in the tournament.
3: Um, let's go to Houston for a moment. It's weird. If those who everybody knows in college hoops, you look at Bart Torvik and Ken Palm, Mm -hmm. maybe you have another site, Thomas, you want to add, but you go to Ken Palm and see the very top is Houston and Purdue. And I think, I think the casual fan is probably like, what's going on? Come on, Houston, Houston laid a massive egg last year. I think it was the elite eight might've been sweet 16. And I don't know. I just, I I know they have players and they got a a, a tested coach in Samson and they're the number one defense in the country. I just worry, will they have enough offense, Thomas, when the chips are down in a big spot in in the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight? So there's three
4: teams I put kind of all together in the same category. We mentioned one, Tennessee. Houston's another, and Iowa State's another. Oh, I have Iowa State at 100 to 1, took them early. But those three teams are very, very good but they're also three teams that can have a 55-point scoring night when you don't need it. Yeah. That's what they're going to have to overcome. You met, Listen, Houston is very good, but like you mentioned, every now and then they put up that offensive stinker. Um, and can they overcome that in the tournament? Iowa State's the same way. Listen, when Iowa State's getting turnovers, they're running the court, they're really tough to beat. But are they going to have a game you know, where they shoot 12% from three. And so those three teams, I think, can all make runs. But your point about Houston and the scoring is valid. Um, it can happen to any one of those three. Like we know that's not going to happen to Kentucky, right? We know it's not going to happen to Alabama. If they lose, they will probably give up 97 points. So they're going to score. <laughs> but those three teams are on the opposite spectrum of that. They have to avoid an early offensive stinker.
3: Yeah. Um. Let's go to Purdue real quick. So everybody knows Zach Eady, the seven foot four guy, and they had a massive. Let down last year in the second round. One of the big narratives in college basketball is: well, you need you need good guard play? Guard play mm-hmm. leads the way, and everybody knows that. Purdue's guards, to me, are are you know Big Ten good, but man, I, I just I still have concerns with them going up against a, a, a big run and jump, six foot four mid major guard tandem. And I like Braden Smith, really really nice player, awesome three point shooter. I don't know Thomas, any reservations about that backcourt heading into March?
4: So here's the problem with the Big Ten. None of the Big Ten teams pressure the basketball, okay? They're not SEC teams. They're not Houston. They don't go out and pressure guards. If you look at the turnover uh, percentage on Big Ten teams defensively, they're almost always in the two late, uh, the high 200s, the early 300s. They don't create turnovers. And I think that helps Purdue in the regular season. Then when they get in the tournament, they're playing teams that can pressure the ball. I mean, yeah. even fairly Dickinson last year, <laughs> who's uh who you know who was a, a fast ball pressuring team gave them trouble. So I think that's where the Big Ten can get in, can get have some issues in the tournament, is their guards aren't used to that constant ball pressure that SEC guards and a lot of Big 12 guards have to deal with. Um, that's my concern is when they get in there and they play a team that can really get up there their athletic guards can pressure you and create turnovers. Can they overcome that? Because they have the most dominant player in college basketball. They just got to avoid those sloppy turnovers that we've seen uh, uh, in in recent seasons in the tournament.
3: My bad. I I said Purdue lost second round. They did. That's right. They were the second number one seed to lose to a 16 um, going down to FDU. They were a one. Purdue was a one, right? Yeah. Yeah. They won the big 10 tournament. They'll probably win it again. Right. Would you, would you say that's fair?
4: yeah uh, there's that's the other problem with the big 10 is i think the teams stink like yeah. nebraska's really good at home but they're average on the road they're, michigan they're dangerous state, no they are but i'm just saying you got to be able to win away from home to be good in the tournament right and you're not they're not going to have the turn the whole tournament in nebraska uh you know michigan state has been abysmal this year to where they were supposed to be that was a team i really like coming into the year and it just hasn't come together so you know, I really like what Purdue did early in the season against those teams, like we talked about, but I don't know how, how tested they're getting in the yeah. Big Ten. I, I think it's a down year. Yeah.
3: Would you characterize this as a wide open tournament? It feels like the West Coast is as down as it's ever been. Like, yeah, San Diego State's good and Gonzaga's good, but I, I, Gonzaga's not like a top two seed. I don't even think they're a top three. Like, St. Mary's is good, but not dominant. I think the entire uh, Pac 12 is safe to call it a joke this year. I, I,
4: yeah, and that's the reason why you could see another FAU. You know, a team I bet, you know, a while back before the season uh, to make a Final Four run was Dayton. Now they lost one of their best players in Malachi Smith, so that really hurt them. Um, but they have an NBA prospect in Duran Holmes. I think you could see a team like that again make a run because there aren't a lot of dominant teams. You know, you mentioned the Pac-12, like, you know UCLA's not there anymore. I mean, there's no teams there other outside of Arizona that really scare you. You know I do think Colorado has talent, but again you got to win away from home to be good in mm. the tournament. So I do think a team's you know like a James Madison. You know hey. when James, when James <laughs> Madison played played Michigan State, if you took the names off the front of the jerseys, you would have known who was who. Uh, like they have athletes, they have guards. They, they're they're right. They were right there. Now, would James Madison finish in the top three in the Big Ten? No, but in a one-on-one situation, that team can can cause some problems. And teams like that, I think you could see another team make a run.
3: Interesting. I I graduated from James Madison, so uh, <laughs> I have I've doesn't They've been a covering machine. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but like they 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 blow teams out. They have been very yeah. good this year. Um, I, let's drill down on, uh, Dayton. Um, I don't have them on my card as a, as a team to watch, but maybe I should.
4: Yeah. I mean, listen, when you have like a six, NBA process, you know, a lottery pick, uh, you're going to be tough. Now, again, Malachi Smith was a huge part of that team. He was lost earlier in the year. Um, and, and he's gone, but if they had had him, I think they would have been really dangerous, but that's a team. You know, I remember when we came on here, when I was on here last year, Jason, we talked about a team like Drake, who actually led Miami with two minutes to go by six points, somehow didn't cover the game. That's right. uh, (laughs) But again, that's my first round thing. Like if Drake had beaten Miami, I think they would have been really tough in the tournament. Now, they lost that game, but I think Dayton is similar to last year's Drake team. They'll have a tough first round
0: game, but if they can get by that, I think they can do some damage in the next two rounds. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere.
2: You'll
3: have to share. That's the powerful
2: backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
3: I'm looking at James Madison as a sleeper. So when you click on the Ken Palm, on the names in Ken Palm, you can sometimes see the birthdays. They got a lot of 22, 23, 24-year-old guys. And a lot of their guys have been like third stop, you know, five years in college basketball. Do you Does that factor in when you're looking at teams that can make a run, obviously, besides the matchups, but like just experience?
4: Yeah, 100%, especially like we talked about earlier with the transfer portal. When these guys, go, you know, they, they started here, now they're here. You know, there was a team a couple of years ago, again, they just lost in the first round, Chattanooga. Remember the game they had against Illinois where they led the whole game and Illinois hit a basket at the end? Uh, to, oh, to that's them? right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chattanooga had transfers from from Kansas. They had major college transfers, and that was a team I thought if they had beat won that first-round game, they could have made a – a run because they, they had that experience. They had those players who played at bigger colleges and James Madison is very similar. So those are things I do think play an important role when you, especially when you're looking at mid majors, like we okay. know Kentucky's not going to have experience. They do the same thing every year. They get the young guys that go to the NBA, but those mid majors with experience can
3: be tough. Um, I do want to like, you know, I do like college hoops. It ain't what it was in the nineties. It's not even what it was like 15 years ago when Duke, I mean, maybe it was 10 years ago. Remember the Wisconsin team that took down the Kentucky team? Like, those were yep. – everybody knew the players. Kaminsky had been around the block. Right. Um. Kentucky had, like, five-star guys left and right. I, I don't want to say a lot of the players are largely unknown, but, I mean, Thomas, like, you look around at some of these teams, like, not a lot – there's a lot of anonymity in college basketball this year, no? Uh.
4: Yeah, listen, <laughs> the most popular college basketball player isn't a man. So it's, a, <laughs> yeah, that's a fact, right? Like yeah. I do content. the, uh, you do, you know, that you do something about Iowa women's basketball and, and that kills, I think outside of Zach Edie I don't know how many players that people know to be completely honest with you. Like, you know, I think everyone knows Zach Edie cause he's, yep. you know, he's eight feet tall and he is what he <laughs> is. But I, I just, how many, if you asked a casual basketball fan, like maybe guys on Kentucky and
3: Kansas, like how many can they name you? I mean, Duke, Duke like Duke. you don't know many guys on, Duke. you know, the guy on Duke who got run over in the court storming. Right. You know, like other than that, it, you're right. Like North Carolina has a couple old guys in Baycott and yeah, Baycott. Uh, the guard who went off uh, Davis. But um, you're right. I, I don't know. And like, listen, college basketball is not going to get fixed. It's not the money cash cow that college football is. So maybe this is just the new normal unless they clean up the transfer portal. And then it goes back to, you know, a handful of dominant teams. Right.
4: Yeah. The other problem I think college basketball has right now is it's kind of boring. I mean, have you ever Hmm. watched the last two minutes of a college basketball game? I mean, they got nine timeouts. They got seven (laughs) reviews. This is just my personal opinion. I don't feel reviews were made to put 0.2 seconds back on the clock. You have plenty of chances throughout the game to win it. Okay. Taking 10 minutes and putting 0.2 seconds back on the clock is madness to me. But I think like college basketball the games are just so choppy at the end like even good games like like I remember the FAU Arizona game which is probably game of the year there was a 10 minute pause in that game for a review <laughs> so we could go from 1.7 to 1.9 seconds so I think that has is a little bit of a problem and I'll tell you the other thing too I don't know maybe we've neutered the men's game a little bit because more people watch it but I watched the women's game and girls are like shooting guns and like and like talking to each other and like talking smack mm. i we don't i remember a couple of years ago a kid for kansas got a got a steal late and slammed in the final seconds and bill self destroyed him in the media that's at the right. press conference we're we we do not do this yeah. i mean shut up yeah. these are kids but i actually think the women's game is more fun to watch
3: right now wow that, that that's a take now i'll say this um caitlin clark is drawing more eyeballs than men's college basketball games, and it's not particularly close. Not uh, close. I, I mean, listen, Fox has some of them. Um, they they drew 1.7 million for Iowa Nebraska. Like nobody knows who's on the Nebraska women's basketball team. Nobody, but Caitlin Clark's playing, and everybody's tuning in. It's kind of a phenomenon. And and like you you just pointed out something good. There was a girl I kind of forget what team she was on blocked Caitlin Clark at the rim, and then like stared her down. Mm-hmm. And I, it went like viral and I was like damn that's cool like w- women's college hoops is definitely having a moment like what is this? is it South Carolina that has that awesome guard yeah. or yeah.
1: um
3: there's some really good players uh the Juju Watkins from uh, USC is a, is a machine it's i don't know ha- why do you think this is happening where men's college hoops is like taking a back seat i can't ever recall this happening
4: I don't either. I'll just tell you this though: the funnest game I watched all year was LSU South Carolina women's basketball. I mean, those girls were going at each other. Oh, they were Reese, staring at yeah. each other. I mean, they were hitting three after three and looking at each other. And I mean, I don't know. I like I like emotion in sports, especially so do I. at the college level. I mean, these are kids, and you know, remember Christian Leiter. Christian Leitner stared so many people down and used to talk so much trash. They, they made a 30 for 30 about how many, yeah. how hated he is. And, you know, Shaq. And I, I don't know. I think we've taken some of the originality out of men's college basketball. It's kind
3: a, of boring. These are good takes. Damn. Uh, all right. So I it's tough to pin you down without seeing the bracket. But outside of your big four, uh, give me two teams to watch.
4: I, I do like the Iowa State team. I think when they're when they're playing they're they're a tough matchup when you're not used to them their defense, the way they play um and another team I'll just say to watch out for, I don't know if they're gonna win it all or make a but Florida Florida had a bunch what? of transfers come in. And but they can shoot the basketball, they can score, and they're the number one offensive rebounding team in the country. So, Mm. when you're playing teams like, uh, like say they're an eight nine game, right? When you're playing Houston and UConn in that second round, you got to be able to hit the boards, and that's something Florida does well. I mean, that's just more of a you know, of a long shot type of team. But Mm. the team I really like, I got them 30 to one. I like North Carolina, I think they're on a mission. I think they were embarrassed last year with the way they played. Like you said, they got a couple of experienced guys there. The They got the kid from Stanford, um, Ingram, who's been great. So they got three studs. And if you have three studs in the NCAA tournament, sometimes that's enough. Yeah. So I really like the Tar Heels this year.
1: Damn,
3: I don't have that. I have Tennessee, uh, Arizona, Houston, North Carolina uh, at plus 1,400 and plus 1,300. Not good numbers, clearly. And then Purdue plus 765. So n- nothing extraordinary, but clearly I will be like you rooting for North Carolina, um, which would not quite fun to vacation, but be a very, very nice hit. Uh, all right, Thomas. Hey, this is great stuff, man. I love the passion for college hoops. Thanks for taking the time and uh, talk to you soon.
0: Thanks for having me. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats.